Hey everyone, this is Justin. If you're a fan of the show, you could really help us out by heading over to iTunes and giving us a rating and review. Thanks for listening. In this episode of This Is Happening America, we have a special exclusive interview with the creators of the Agreeing to Disagree podcast, Chuck Staten and Brad Rohr. Do you guys know that this restaurant, when it came out, is originally modeled after the cantina in Star Wars, and a guy named Tito bought it and he changed it? I did not know that. That is an absolute 100% fact. I question <laughs> the legitimacy of Chuck's fact. It's a, it's a false fact. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, okay. We've got more news that's local somewhere, and a big fish to score in the basket of deplorables. I'm Mark Betancourt. And I'm Justin Mara, and you can get all of this and more for just three easy payments of $39.95. But the theme song's free. Hit it! Hey, welcome back to everybody who uh, has been waiting for us to record another podcast of This Is Happening America. I'm Mark. I'm Justin. And Justin, so nice to see you again. Good to see you, buddy. So, how you been? I've been fantastic. I've been uh, in Europe. That's cool. And uh, yeah, I went to uh, Germany and uh, Berlin. I spent a few days in Berlin and Prague. How about you? Uh, Well, you know, I just decided to take some time off. And uh, go cruising on a boat, on a big boat were you in wearing, the Bahamas. Were you wearing flippy floppies? No, no. I didn't even need a life jacket. Did you ride any dolphins? Uh, my sister and niece uh, got to swim with dolphins. That's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I uh, I decided to do, do some other different activities while they were doing that. But you'll catch that later. Right, Justin? Yeah. Um, so we took all of April off to revamp some things here on This Is Happening America, and we also decided to go on vacation. My wife, Elise, and I visited Germany and Prague, and I spent a week cruising with the family through the Bahamas, thanks to the magical Disney Cruise Lines, and it was oh so magical. So you can look forward to hearing about our adventures in the next episode as we follow these Americans on vacation. But this episode, we've got a special interview up for you guys. Uh, It's with the hosts of one of the original podcasts in the state of Rhode Island. Chuck Staten and Brad Rohr are the hosts of the Agreeing to Disagree podcast, and uh, they joined us earlier this week at Tito's Cantina in Seekonk, Massachusetts to eat tacos and talk about their upcoming 300th episode, where they'll celebrate with a live comedy bash starting at 7.30 p.m. on May 7th at the Fett Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island. What you're about to hear is part of a 60-minute raucous conversation we had with Chuck and Brad. To hear it in its entirety, you can go to our Patreon page and become a subscriber. You can find it as well as links to iTunes and Google Play at thisishappeningamerica.com. Chuck and Brad of the Chuck and Brad podcast, Agreeing to Disagree. So you guys are getting ready to record your 300th episode. That's right. Yes. And you are in your eighth year of podcasting together. That's right. Yeah. I, I think that technically we've done like 300 and like about 20 episodes yeah, right because we used to do like, like if let's say we had Justin Mara on and you were like, oh, we're going to talk about this. And we went for like three hours. We'd cut it into two and do episode 65 part one and episode 65 part two, which we've stopped doing. And, uh, delicious. And, uh, 
we've stopped doing that. Now we actually would just cut it into like episode 65, just tomorrow with this, and episode 66. But I think that altogether there are 320-something episodes. Um, but yeah, 300th episodes coming up May 7th at FET. We're doing a live. We don't. We usually do them, you know, recorded in my kitchen, but we're doing one live in front of an audience at FET in Providence on May 7th. You guys record in the kitchen too? I, I, you know what? I think that when we have people come over, it kind of adds to the comfort level. I'm not even. I'm not even joking. At all. Absolutely, because then it's it, there's the intimidation of mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna be a guest. Like it goes way down when you're just like in Chuck's kitchen. Yeah. And you know, there's like empty diet mug root beer cans all over the place. And That's also, not true. It's a very clean kitchen. And also, I think that you know, our podcast is interesting because I'm in the band Senior Discount. Brad is part of the Providence Improv Guild. Right. And also, uh, there's like a surrounding cast of characters with us, with the band and the people around us, where we've done videos throughout the years, and they're they're on the podcast. And my house has kind of been the hub for stuff. So I think that doing it in the kitchen and having like Jordan come in or Gina comes home and starts making dinner, my girlfriend, um, it almost adds to the hominess of the podcast. And like, I, 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 we just did an interview with Warren Times, I think. And I was like, yeah, like, what is the podcast about? I'm like, it's about like love. Like our podcast is about like friendship and love. Like we, you know, we, we love creating art. We love experiencing art. Uh, and we love sharing the stories from our lives. And it's, mm-hmm. it's weird because there's an element of vanity in it, in the best possible way where it's like, Hey, not only do we think our lives are interesting enough that other people would want to know about, we just think our conversations about our lives <laughs> are interesting enough that other people would want to know about them. So let's record them and put them out for yeah. people to, to the, listen to. The, the kitchen aspect helps that. Yeah. I think it just makes it feel like a family situation. I think that's very true. I got totally sucked into an episode where you guys went to Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a great experience. You can get you can get sucked into Ikea very easily. <laughs> great episode, though. Or lost. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, speaking of Chuck's girlfriend, we abandoned her that night for two and a half hours. But she was cool about it. Yeah. Let's see, who got the chimichanga? Oh, delicious. Chimichanga. We're getting food delivered to us right now. Yeah. Chicken burrito, yeah. Chicken burrito. So, Excellent. The burritos are out. Fantastic. Take us back to, this is year eight. Take us back to year one of the show. Mm. Chuck and Brad decide to do a podcast. Well, you know, we had we had been talking about the idea of a podcast because of Kevin Smith's Smodcast, mm-hmm. and I, at the time I, I had a blog and I wrote about my brandies. I did too. I had, yeah. I had a blog too. Right. Yeah. Um, Chuck Staten's trash heap, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so. I, you know, we had done the end of the, my personal favorites from the year of 2008, you know, favorite books, favorite TV shows, favorite movie, whatever. And uh, probably after the first one, Chuck said, this is this should be the start of our podcast. Yeah. So I saw that. I saw the Brammies and Chammies. I saw the Brammies at the time. And I was like, oh, the Brammies is so funny. Like, it's such a funny concept of him thinking that he's important enough to like have the, it's not even like, here's my favorite, here's the Brammies. Right. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. And so, yeah, we did that as the first episode. We, we, we walked in anticipating our conversation. We're like, we hope we can make it to 45 minutes to talk about our favorite movies, games, books, TV, movies, and other uh, from 2008. And we talked for like two and a half hours. Mm. We're like, all right, I guess this is a two-part episode. It was our first one. Um, and after that, I, I think, you know. The original plan was more band interviews. But as Justin Mara may know, band guys are crazy unreliable. <laughs> <laughs> so like we uh, put time aside to interview bands then last minute they wouldn't show up and I'm like man I don't have time to waste making plans with bands to like have them ditch me the last second 
honestly, it was Penrose that broke me. Right. I'm going to be honest about it. Afterwards, we still we interviewed Lemon Lime Tennis Shoes in, in the early time. days, and then we didn't do interviews, and we were unreliable in terms of, like, actually putting up a new podcast often enough. Yeah, we, did, we didn't do it weekly at that time. Yeah. We probably did 30 we, that year. We did a lot of them, but not all the time, and, and we didn't really have time set aside for it until probably 2014, mm. and we're like, all right, let's take this more seriously, and let's really come at it and make sure you know we're, we're consistently trying to put out a new episode every week yeah. um, and as we did that we you know we started getting uh, Matt DiChiara from the Copacetics mm-hmm. and other people from the Providence music scene and other people from the Providen- Providence comedy scene and yeah. you know my friend Nick Cole is a freelance artist and he came out and told his story yeah. and so just kind of those conversations were fun and, yeah. and you, you like having those talks and, and so that, that, the podcast has you know changed and grown and yeah, I, th- I think that part of the impetus was uh, I was making a new senior discount website, and I was like, you know, I'd like to have weekly content, and you know, Brad was doing improv shows consistently, and I was like, oh, if we do a podcast together, it's kind of a way to say, let's plug our projects, so senior discount shows or improv shows that Brad's doing, and we can like put it online and be like, hey, you know, we recorded a new podcast, let's say we talked about the new Spider-Man movie, we talked about uh, recording this album, or recording about this, whatever, and we have a way to promote ourselves. That's really kind of what the idea was when we first started it and then as it you know as we moved on and we got back into interviews I'm like man I just know so many artists and Brad knows so many artists I know so many bands I have so many stories that like it's going to be fun to just kind of pull in people and it's funny because I kind of thought we'd pull in more people that I know already but we ended up pulling people in like Justin Mara and we became friends because you came on the podcast that's 100% true a huge impetus in this in the show that we have was being a guest on your show that's awesome I love hearing that there are so many different ways to go with a podcast and so many different angles and stories and anecdotes because there, there really is no script. So it's like, what makes a great podcast episode? Well, first of all, these chicken tacos are great. I was going to say, chewing guests is always, it makes for a great episode. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> no. um, I think a big part of it is us being interested in, if, if it's an interview, if we're genuinely interested in what the person has to say, sure, and they're genuinely interested in sharing, yes, it's going to be great, regardless of, of who we're interviewing or what they're talking about. Right. Um, just an overall good episode is one where there's give and take, one where we're like we're making each other laugh. Yeah. Yes. In both intended and unintended ways. Yeah. I, yeah I'd also say one of the things I strongly feel is that everyone's life um, is kind of important. Everyone's feelings are important. Everyone's journey is really important. And I think that different people are better. You know, you say you're a struggling writer, you're a struggling musician. You two guys are the guy type of guys that you want to put a megaphone on your feelings and your experiences and do that. And, and you also, because you've been doing it for a while, you probably have honed a certain skill in terms of either writing or writing songs. You or have whatever. a certain voice. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of people kind of have their life and they haven't honed that or, they, or they're not even interested in it. But I still think there's always a great story there. So for me, a great podcast episode is when we bring someone on and we actually can make that story come out and make those feelings come out in a way that's interesting and stuff like that. And I think I think that we've we've had a lot of good luck with people who are already good at it, open to doing that, right. and open to exploring those things with us. When do you know you've got like that home run interview and how to get that story out of those people? 
you know, like like Chuck said, the story is there, yeah. um, and it's about the person's willingness to share it. And sometimes their presentation might not be as honed, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, and that kind of falls more on us to not, I, I guess, to ask questions in a way that elicit a response right. that brings that story out. Um, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Like I don't think we've done an interview that hasn't been like a new, interesting story to me. Right. Like I, I haven't, I haven't been, a, I've been bored with any of the conversations that we've had with any of the artists that we've had on there, or any of the conversations I've had with Chuck, where it's just like us talking about how Guitar Hero used to be amazing and how and how we miss it. You know, if you go back, and I, I won't, I won't call anybody out, but there are certain people that have been on the podcast that seemed less willing, less interested. Just tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, more like uh, just like not really like down. Like I've actually had people on the podcast that I invited on because I thought that they were I can't swear on this uh, jerks. <laughs> and like I was like I you know I think of myself as um, a personality that some people find detestable. And uh, <laughs> no, that's, again, that's you're probably talking. About. No, no, that's how everyone. No, yeah, not detestable is the wrong word. But like, there are certain people within the province music scene, especially who I feel like it's almost like me and that person are at odds, and I don't understand why. I could tell that that person is cold to me. I could tell they don't like me. Um, and uh, you know, I've had specific instances where people freaked out on me and stuff like that, where they're just like, "You get every show we want," and all this stuff like that. Like that's I have that in writing, um, and I'm proud to say that I make sure that I still have it accessible. Um, but, you uh, did a cross stitch of it and hung it on the wall of your new home. So there are people I've had on the podcast because I'm like, you know what? Secretly in my head, I know this person doesn't like me. Why don't I have him on? And that way we can become friends. It's funny too because I actually I never told you this, but like I would love to get deeper with the podcast and be like, like I'd love to have Mara on, and not necessarily me and you are already like friends, but I mean someone that's that's less close to me, right. and be able and willing to be like, like tell me about your first relationship, yeah. and like I want to know how your first relationship ended and how you felt about it, and that kind of depth that everyone has. That there's no there's no one that doesn't have like these deep moments. You did that to me. <laughs> did I in our interview? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was. Re- You did. It was incredibly disarming when Brad said, like, someone didn't want to open up to us. Oh, yeah, Justin Mara. That's 100% true. I did not want to open up to you in that moment and pushing and pushing. Oh, my goodness. We talked about, like, ex girlfriends. We talked about the breakup of the band. We talked. It was like, wow, this is getting really awkward really fast. I just want to plug my album, guys. I don't really want to talk about this. I think I said that in the episodes. Like, I didn't think I was going to be talking about all of this. I think that that kind of stuff helps all the time. And I, th- I mean, me and Brad have talked about the fact that one of the reasons I think we're so close is that we're pretty willing to share everything, right. even on the podcast for the most yeah, part. Yeah. The stuff that we won't talk about on the podcast, for me, it's like 0.01%. For me, it's, you know, uh, like 95%. No, it's not. No. <laughs> Brad will be like, we, one time I listened to a podcast recently where you were like, you know, I have secret shames that I don't want to talk about on the podcast. And I'm like, they'll be like about eating too many cupcakes. And you're like, I said I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> So talk about so talk more about your your 300th live episode. Our, uh, our live episodes are different than our traditional episodes. I by the way, just backstory here. When we were first planning the idea of a live episode, I was like, yeah, we can just sit and talk like it's a normal episode in front of people. And Chuck's like, no, 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 like we have to give them more if if like they're paying to to be there. And, and there's a visual component. And there's a visual component. Let's. So I'm yeah. like, yes, that's right, Chuck. Mm-hmm. So. It's uh, it's us at a table with microphones, but we have a screen, we have video segments, mm-hmm. we have 
Uh, we're advertising a morbid surprise uh, for senior discount guitarist Eric Maxud. Um, we have uh, a Chuck and Brad style retelling of the classic film slash book Jurassic Park. I'm very excited. <laughs> and it's, and it's not it's not just me and Brad like telling a story. Right. It is something different than that. Uh, and I'm Ch very excited. For. Chuck has a surprise for me. I don't know what it is. I have a surprise for Chuck. He doesn't know what it is. That's true. That's and, awesome. And then our final segment. Mm -hmm. Do you want to? Our final segment is the reason the event has to be 18 plus from a legal standpoint. <laughs> and it is something that has been held back from the public for Brad for his own reasons. Yes. And me, I've kind of been secretly happy he has held it back because I believe that what happened was untoppable in terms of the type of thing that it was. I can't can't give much away about it, right. but it's, uh, it's 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 really it's it's a jaw when I tell like when I'm on stage and I explain to the audience what it is, the jaws will hit the floor. Right on. I want to change gears a little bit. That's Jeez. that's the podcast. That's the live show. Yeah. You guys have known each other for nine years. Nine years. So the podcast makes up over almost ninety percent yeah. of our friendship. Yeah. Late late two thousand seven. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are such different personalities. You're. <laughs> <What> do you <mean? laughs> <laughs> your what is the what is the secret to your your working relationship? Uh, I'd say that the secret to our working relationship is the fact that me and Brad are only paralleled by each other in terms of like uh, organization and stick to itiveness. Yeah, follow through <laughs> is, is a big part of it. Brad's like, here's a, today he yelled me. He's like, hey, I made a spreadsheet of all the calorie counts of my favorite fast foods. That's actually happened. That's true. <laughs> wow. We have a spreadsheet of the 40 plus places we reached out to for press for the for the live podcast. Like we're very, very, very organized. I, I think uh, we share a Google Calendar, of course. Of course. I, I think I have big aspirations, and Chuck like pushes us. And, and me towards those aspirations where I don't think that if Chuck weren't in my life, I wouldn't do much. Um, I, you know, I'd still, I'd still be doing improv. That's something I've, I've been doing for a long time. You would probably do much, but just not as much. Right. I, I honestly, I don't think so. I think I'd be like, I sit at home and watch Did sports six nights a week and then go out and do improv one night a week. And that would kind of be my life. And instead it's like, all right, well, we, we're on this whirlwind press tour for the live <laughs> podcast that we still have to create some content for and, uh, and, and do all this stuff. And it's, it's exciting, but like, I, there's a uh, the book "Furiously Happy" by Jenny Lawson. Uh, she talks about she asked her husband, "Wouldn't my life be easier? Wouldn't your life be easier without me in it?" And he says it would be easier, but it wouldn't be better. And that's how I feel about Chuck. <laughs> uh, and you know, there was one night we were uh, we were about to interview the homeless gospel choir, Derek Zanetti, and uh, over Skype, and it was our first Skype interview, and we were trying to like get Skype to work like as oh, I'm, yeah. like as it's working and Chuck's like ah, what do you think our lives would be like if we just sat around and did nothing and I'm like we'd <laughs> be amazing right now <laughs> yeah there, there is an element to that uh, to the idea of um, Brad having big aspirations and I think that that's one of the things that I think is super special about Brad is that he's like to me he's ultra capable of all these things but the problem with art is that it's basically like 25% capability to, to do the art and 75% like BS in figuring out how to move forward with it how to get to the next place how to present it how to get people you know and I think a lot of people hear uh, hear us talk and, and Chuck is a little more brash than me just a little and it's like <laughs> 
you know, I, I tell people like you can't just eat buffalo wings. You need a glass of milk to balance it out. <laughs> and Chuck is the buffalo wings, and I'm the milk. So I was gonna say it's funny because I feel like you know if if every human is an iceberg, I think that like you see the tip of the iceberg, and then there's all like it's like you know the top fifteen percent is out of the water, right. and that's the person talking to you, and that's the person who. They have speech patterns, and they talk a certain way, and they have a couple of viewpoints. Then there's the 85% that is below the water, and it's like me and Brad essentially me and Brad essentially have the same 85% below the water, and the 15% is what people see, and it's different. Because as much as like people kind of think that we're different, um, like if we have to discuss any real situation in our lives, we're generally like, this is exactly what to do, and we feel the same. It's weird. I, I, uh, I journal, uh, sort of, and I have, like, my notes from, like, the first time Chuck and I hung out at his house, and, like, uh, we talked until five in the morning, and, uh, you know... Did he drive time, you home afterwards? No, no, I drove myself. The first time we hung out that late, but then also, like, the first time I went to his house was for his graduation party, and so Chuck he's, Satan's like... extremely gradual graduation, what it was called. <laughs> it took me seven years to graduate college. So he's, uh, so we walk, you know... He, he's He's giving me a tour, he's like, ah, oh, that, that's... That's a fair excuse. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's my bed, that's the picture of Bambi I like to look at when I'm having sex. I'm like, what? <laughs> Like Bambi, the the Disney cartoon was just next to the bed, and I'm like, that's a weird thing to say to someone you don't really know. And you know, Chuck, well, there's also the rest of the day. Uh, that, yeah. Then we went outside, and uh, Chuck's younger brother's girlfriend's friend was there, and so she's you know 18 or 19. Yeah. And uh, so Chuck calls her over. He's like, Yeah, uh, Brad here just said you had a bodacious body. I'm like, What? That's not what I said. I didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. Yeah. But what came out of his mouth is instead of I didn't say that, yeah. he goes, That's not what I said. Yeah. As if there as is, if I had said something as very if was similar. A yeah. And then you know, and uh, I did too again later that night. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked our way through the. We went to see Alkaline Trio at yeah. Lupo's that day, that same day, that, and then went to Johnny Rockets very afterwards. And the waitress came over. Yeah. And, why did we spend so much time? <laughs> I don't know. So the first time we went out, we went on a uh, week trip to Vermont. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> no, no, At that time, I think we had already done a, like a sketch show together oh. that we wrote. But this was my first time hanging out like at the house socially without oh, yeah. an agenda of like, all right, we have to write or we have to mm, rehearse yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all these things. So it, uh, I don't know. I, I think Chuck's right in terms of the 85% being, if not the same, then very similar. Yeah. Um, there are things that we approach differently, but I think we're both willing to discuss yeah, how we see thing. things and and listen to each other, and I think that's like knowing Chuck and and talking with Chuck has boosted my my EQ because now I can deal with situations in a better way. Like I'm not going to say some, you know, I'm not going to say a piece of art sucks. Yeah, you know, I want to know why I didn't care for it. I love that the answer to my how does your how does your professional relationship work <laughs> morphed into my next question, <laughs> which is is your friendship. Be, uh, spending time with you guys together and listening to the podcast is like being in the back seat on a on a buddy road trip movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's I think it's a very rare like re- relationship and friendship in the 21st century in particular and uh, I think it's very special. And, I agree. Uh, I like it. Yeah. yeah. We wrote we wrote we, the thing we were writing today that's the intro for Matt at the thing. He says that the friendship is borderline worrying. <laughs> I, you know, when I moved from uh, from Indiana out to New England, my intention was to be here for a year, then go to a big school 
uh, work in their housing department and get a doctorate and teach communications. And uh, that has not happened. Uh, seems unlikely at this point. <laughs> but uh, it's been ten and a half years that I've been in New England, yeah. and so it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Like I did not expect this. Like I I thought I'd be either in the Midwest or back down south or maybe on the West Coast. But at no point in my life was I like, yeah, sure, I want to live in Rhode Island, the smallest state in the union. Like I don't know. It just it's it's sometimes I can't believe that I'm I'm here and I'm doing this. And like even on things like. You know, uh, senior discount played with girl talk, and I'm like, yeah, I got to go on stage at a girl talk show and dance, and I use the word dance in like the whitest way possible, and uh, like that wouldn't happen if I didn't know Chuck, and like I've always wanted to do stand up, but Chuck's like, hey, you know, if we want to advance comedically, we should learn how to write and perform stand up, and I'm like, okay, he's like, all right, I booked us some stand up dates, I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> so there was another night we were we were just driving home, uh, very near this. Tito's location, in fact, and uh, we were, you know, Holly Jolly Christmas was was playing oh, man, Chuck Stereo, us. and it was. Uh, were you friends with you when we did Holly Jolly? No. And, oh man, and, you're and, love and so and Chuck said, "Hey, have you ever sung Hobos and Mistletoe?" Because <laughs> it's like it's like Hobos and Mistletoe. What is, what is the actual line? It's like Oh ho the Mistletoe. Oh, ho, yeah. ho, he's like, "Oh, have you ever said Hobos and Mistletoe?" I'm like, "No." He's like, "Huh," and uh, somehow. That led to the idea of like we should write a parody where it's about hobos and mistletoe. <laughs> Somebody gave me change, kiss him once for me, and we wrote, and and not just like one verse of this weird, vaguely insulting to the homeless version of Holly Jolly Christmas. We wrote three verses. You wrote the whole song over the course of one night. Now, okay, that's fine. That's just a funny creative exercise. And Chuck's like, all right, let's record it, and then burn it onto CDs. And then mail or give it out to like fifty something of our of our friends as like a Christmas as a mark. Christmas gift, and we so did. we did. <laughs> yeah, we did, and we went and got a professional photo shoot for Christmas, <laughs> yes. which is great. I love that hype. It was. Uh, Were you wearing ugly sweaters? No, we uh, wearing, no, I was. I was wearing an ugly sweater. Yeah. I was wearing a sweater, and it just I happened you were to be ugly. A handsome sweater. Thank you. <laughs> the bonding thing you were talking about. So we had everyone over one night. I uh, for a pay per view to watch wrestling um, around that time, and it was like December thirteenth, let's say. And it's like, all right. I mean, Brad, you know, we are really good at planning things. We plan things way ahead, way ahead of time, because we know that when you don't, you things fall through. So that was the only night we really had to like. We were like, well, we can either pay for these to be sent out, and they're a CD in a in a, in a card that would be thick enough not to let it be broken, and so that would cost like something like a dollar seventy five to send. And there's fifty of them, so you know that's that's a good amount of money. It's almost hundred bucks, and uh, it's like seventy five bucks. Yeah. And we're like, well, some of these people live in driving distance and so we just have this like Christmas map of like 27 <laughs> houses all over the state in, in Massachusetts and so everyone came over for the for the pay-per-view so they left around 11 11 15 and me and Brad like put on Santa hats and like got in my car and we just drove around until like 2 in the morning uh, until like 3 30 in the morning <laughs> just delivering the yep. Christmas cards just to save us the money <laughs> that's really funny and it's like yeah that makes sense you get paid more per hour that makes total sense <laughs> yeah but for Half hours, yeah. even if we saved fifty dollars, like uh, yeah, and it was like, but, but it was like it was fun. It was fun. It was it was, it was yeah. the bond of it, and that was yeah. a Christmas moment. You know what I mean? Like that was a Christmassy. That was so fun. It was the true meaning of Christmas. That I, that, the, that recording that song and passing out is the true meaning of Christmas. Right? And, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the gas tank cost you thirty, right? <laughs> yeah, right. By the way, this, the song was vaguely insulting, but it was in a way that was like. 
we're super privileged and we're not we don't and, and like it's making fun of that yeah. it's making Thank fun you. of that yeah. like you know Stephen Colbert is not actually a right wing extremist right. it's making fun yeah. of it here it is Chuck and Brad mm-hmm Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. Oh, that was great. Thank this you for suggesting Tito's, the chicken tacos. Delicious. Oh, I got ta- okay, okay, so Brad Rohr, Chuck Staten, thank you so much uh, for sharing with us, laughing with us, oh, and yeah. entertaining us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having 300 more episodes. Do you think Hell you have yeah. it in you? Hell yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Chuck Staten and Brad Rohr are the hosts of Agreeing to Disagree, the Chuck and Brad podcast. Their 300th episode will be recorded live this Sunday, May 7th at the FET Ballroom in Providence, Rhode Island. You can find out more about them and the show at chuckandbradpodcast.com. Thanks to Tito's Cantina for hosting us. Try the chicken tacos. And that brings us to this week's installment of News That's Local Somewhere, because just like politics, all news is local somewhere. Mark, what do you got? I'm just going to come right out and say it. I got this off of um, NBC News, and it's about a girl who was found living with monkeys in the Indian forest. <laughs> yes yes folks i didn't stutter that that's that that this is a this is a headline girl found living with monkeys in the indian forest this do tell this uh, is from the associated press and uh it comes out of lucknow india where police are re- reviewing reports of missing children and are tr- attempting to identify a girl who was found living in the forest with a group of monkeys uh she's believed to be 10 to 12 years old She's unable to speak, uh, was naked when they, fa- when they found her, and, uh, they, and was emaciated when she was discovered in January. I imagine so. Yeah. And so she was taken to the hospital and, uh, in, North- in northern India, and uh, police officers were saying that she was behaving like an animal. So this is kind of like the real-life version of The Jungle Book. Basically, yeah, yeah. Justin, did you see the Jungle Book? I did. It was uh, both versions, but uh, the new the new live action with CG was was fantastic. But maybe a sequel coming soon. Yeah, uh, well, may, well, maybe. Well, the the good news is is that um, she's she's beginning to accumulate back to or acclimate, I should say, back to human the ways of human life. She's begun to walk normally. She's not running on her arms and legs anymore. Um, She's not eating food off the floor with her mouth anymore. Um, she still can't speak, but she understands what you tell her, and she even smiles sometimes, according to reports. Um, they say that when that when she was found, that she was very comfortable in the company of monkeys, and worst part was when the police officers tried to rescue her, the monkeys tried to fight them off. Well, yes, because she had been adopted into the monkeys, so they're yeah. So what the mon- is the appropriate term for, for monkeys? Are they a pack? Are they a, a herd? Are they a barrel? Uh, <laughs> I don't think they're a barrel, <coughs> although that that is, that is a lot of laughs. Um, but yeah, the the monkeys. I mean, I I guess that you would call them a pack or a tribe. I don't know if anybody out there and listening knows right right, right into, into the, the show, show. right and, in. let, and let us know what, what this is gr- happening America gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what a group of monkeys is called, especially ones that. Um, 
you know, decide to attack police officers who were trying to save a girl, to rescue a girl that didn't really well, want to be rescued. From the monkey's perspective, they were stealing a member of their family. Yeah, it was like stealing family. a little monkey baby. I saw, I saw Tarzan. I know how this goes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so, yeah. So, All right. There you go. Okay, Mark. <laughs> Transitioning uh, to Brunei. Royal Brunei Airlines' first all-female private crew lands private plane in Saudi Arabia. Okay. The first ever. That is kind of a all, big deal. Actually, it is now really that I'm thinking about it. Saudi Arabia. Yes, the first ever all-female flight deck crew for Royal Brunei Airlines has operated a plane from Brunei to Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. Although it was a milestone for the airline, the pilot crew touched down in a country where women are still not allowed to drive a car. <laughs> but they can fly a plane. But they can fly a plane. Well, it's, if flying from another country. Well, that's progress, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's. It's a. It is definitely progress, and it was in uh, correlation to Mark Brunei's National Day, which celebrates the country's independence. Captain Sharifa Zarina Sereni Syed Hashim, Senior First Deck Officer Nadia Kashim, and Senior First Officer Serena Norden flew a flight B one o eight one, a Boeing seven eighty seven Dreamliner, to the Middle Eastern country on February twenty third. I'm just slow clap, slow clap on that name pronunciation. Thank you very that much. That was very, very well done. I was very worried. well done. I don't even Thank know you. if you got it right or not, but it just, it sounded good. I think I did, but yeah. I might not have. Well done, my man. R- tweet us, tweet us at T-I-H underscore America if you think I got those names right. <laughs> um, so the occasion came just over three years after Captain Zarina became the first female captain of a flag carrier in Southeast Asia. She told the Brunei Times in 2012, being a pilot, people normally see it as being a male-dominated occupation. As a woman of Brunei, it's such a great achievement. It's really showing the younger generation and girls of all ages uh, that they can dream and do whatever they believe. Well, that's awesome. And I mean, not just not just even for the, the, the Middle Eastern tie-in, but I think just, I mean, not for nothing, but we, we both just flew. Yes. It's like, how many female air pilots have, have you ever seen? Well, you know, on all of my flights, um, the flight deck crew were all men. So yeah. it's, it's still uh, a male-dominated field, but, uh, you know, progress is uh, happening every day. And uh, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Right I think on. so. Unless you take a plane. Mark, this story is called Who Let the Dog Out? Yay! Wait, you're, are you ruining a song now? I am not ruining a song. Okay, I good. mean, I what could I possibly do to ruin, ruin, that's, that, ruin song? that song? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's the deeper meaning of that one? Um, the dog is a metaphor for... I don't know. Just, no. But hey, go continue. All right. Who let the dog out? Uh, the owner let the dog out on a potty break and then the dog accidentally joined a half marathon what so uh there's a lot of blood sweat and tears in a marathon but there aren't usually bloodhounds uh and whatever the reason runners in alabama's elkmont half marathon the trackless train trek probably weren't expecting to be running alongside a dog during the race uh Ludwig, a two-year-old bloodhound pup finished top 10 in the half marathon on January 16th and has become an internet sensation ever since. You so mean the, wait, you mean the dog didn't win the marathon? The dog did not win. It's it's pup. It's a pup. Oh, yeah, but still. Right, so uh, It's it, fast. Sir. It is. 
All right. I didn't. Uh, well, so let me finish the story. Yeah. Um, I've backtracked my way to this story from the internet video that I found. Her owners uh, let the pup out to do her usual business, but instead she decided to run a half marathon, and it turned out to be quite a turn of events as the bloodhound pup ran approximately 13.1 miles leash-free and human-free. She completed the marathon and um, finished seventh in the race. She probably would have placed higher, but got distracted to sniff some animal carcasses and jump in a <laughs> pond and then get lost in the woods for about 15 minutes. So I think it's pretty impressive that she finished seventh. I think, yeah, no, absolutely. Ludovin was the, the highest placed female runner in the race, species oh. not including. <laughs> well, I mean, good, good for, good for Ludvin. Yes. That's a wonderful name for a pup. Right. For a bloodhound. Ludvin. And that brings us to this week's pick for the Basket of Deplorables. Mark, who's being added to the Basket of Deplorables? We could have added this guy in there any day of the week and twice on Sunday. But for this reason, I'm adding Bill O'Reilly and... The Fox Net, the Fox News Network, the whole Fox Network, the whole network. They're okay. all in the basket of deplorables. Bill O'Reilly, of course, created the Kool Aid. I mean, he is just the representative of the angry conservative. And you know, listen for people who enjoy his show or or sharing his opinions. That's fine. The reason why he's in the basket of deplorables is because recently allegations of sexual harassment and abuse have come out. Uh, against Bill O'Reilly, there have been several several women who have who who have brought up charges against him, and uh, he's facing a lengthy a lengthy legal battle. He's denying it all, of course, and saying that the truth will come out and he'll clear his name and all that good stuff. But here's a fun fact: when you've paid out over thirteen million dollars in settlements over the years, whether it be Bill O'Reilly, his show The O'Reilly Factor, or Fox News. There's a gun somewhere with a little smoke coming out, don't you think? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking oh, you. Yeah, I, would, I would imagine, yes. Over a 13-year period, I would imagine there is, is truth to the yeah. allegations. Fox News is still giving Bill O'Reilly $25 million, according to several independent sources. I'm sorry, Fox News, and I'm sorry, Bill O'Reilly, but you're not worth $25 million, and Fox News shouldn't be giving it to you. End of story. Deplorable. And last but certainly not least, this brings us to uh, one of our favorite segments, the Tulsi Gabbard Star Spangled Awesome Award. Justin, tell America who was awesome, who was Star Spangled Awesome. Well, Mark, this week the award's going out to K.V. Switzer. In 1967, Switzer broke boundaries as the first officially registered woman to run and finish the Boston Marathon. In the 60s, there were a lot of frankly ridiculous faux scientific beliefs regarding women participating in athletics. And even though there were no rules preventing the participation of women, none had been allowed entry into the race. So Kathy registered using her initials and set out on the 26 miles, 385 yards. At one point, race organizers attempted to forcibly pull her out of the race. If you're not familiar with her story, check out the links in the show notes. 
This past Patriots Day, Switzer returned to the streets of Boston for the 50th anniversary of her run, once again wearing her now infamous number 261 bib. At age 70, Kathy ran to bring awareness to her foundation, 261 Fearless, an organization named after a bib from the 67 Marathon. It aims to empower women through running. Sweet. Well, that does it for another episode of This Is Happening America. Uh, Justin, you got anything you want to plug? Yes. Um, my band, Survives of the Kraken, and I will be performing at PVD Fest June 3rd, 2017, downtown in Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, when we get closer to the date, we'll give you a final time uh, when we'll be appearing. How about you, Mark? What do you get to plug? Well, I just want to give a plug and give another shout out to uh, to our friends at the Agreeing to Disagree podcast. Yes. Chuck Staten and Brad Rohr. Uh, their comedy show, May 7th at the Fet Music, uh, Fet, the Fet Music House in Providence, Rhode Island, 730. Be there. Tickets are available on their Facebook page. And it is an 18 plus show because of the final surprise of the evening. So keep that in mind. That does it for us here at uh, This Is Happening America. You can find out more about the show by heading to thisishappeningamerica.com or you'll find links to iTunes and Google Play. Also on the website, you'll be able to find links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as be able to support us on our Patreon site. So, coming to you somewhere, somehow, some way around the great country of America, this is Mark. This is Justin. Bangarang. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.